Well, as you're being seated, I'd like you to think about and then to answer a very, very important question as we tee off what the Scripture has to say about Easter, and that is, of the three news magazines, Time, Newsweek, and what's the other one? U.S. News and World Report. Which of you like Time best? Come on. Newsweek? U.S. News and World Report? How many of you don't even read news magazines? <laughs> Thanks to the Internet. Okay. Well, I've got to admit, that's the case with me. But years ago, my favorite news magazine was U.S. News and World Report. And I, I like the section in it called News You Can Use. News You Can Use, which implies that there's a lot of news you can't, you, you can't really use. Right? And that's true. We live in an information society. There's an information glut uh, out there. And in a lot of ways, what's out there, you know, I don't really need to know. I don't want to know. It just clutters up your mind, and I'm sure that's true with most of you. And I don't want to waste your time today, so we're going to talk about news you can use. Uh, news you can use. A lot of time, you know, you can go to church and you can hear news that you can't use, right? And so I'm, not, I'm going to get right to the point. I feel kind of like the chicken that decided to uh, lay an egg on I-70 going towards Denver. Have you ever heard of that chicken? Well, the, the, um, the rooster said, here's how you do it. You lay it on the line, and you do it in a hurry. Right? Which is just what I want to do today. I'm going to lay it on the line, and I'm going to do it in a hurry. Two questions, very simple questions. Easter, the resurrection. What does it mean, and why does it matter? What does it mean, and why does it matter? There are a lot of things, you know, you could have done today rather than come and sit in a church. Why do we do this on Easter Sunday? There are over a billion people who are celebrating Easter all around the world. How is it? You know, something could happen 2,000 years ago and still cause traffic jams today. Right? What does it mean? A lot of people say, I believe in the resurrection. I just don't understand it. George Gallup did a poll that said that even 84% of people who never go to church believe that Jesus rose from the dead. It's a historical fact. It wasn't done in secret. The whole of Jerusalem knew about it, and eventually the whole of the Roman Empire, back when they could actually check it out and check some, many of the facts. And it was news back then. I mean, CNN, it, it, they would have been there, right? They would have had it live. There are at least 15 historical references to Jesus meeting people after the resurrection, touching people, talking with people. At one time, he cooked breakfast for some people. One time, he talked to 500 people after he had risen from the dead. A lot of people saw him. What does a resurrection mean? Well, I'll lay it on the line. One, well, it means three things. One, Jesus was who he claimed to be. Two, Jesus has the power that he claimed to have. And then three, Jesus does what he promised to do. That's what it means. First, Jesus is who he claimed to be. John eleven twenty five. I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even though he dies. That is, if you believe in me, you'll be resurrected just like I was. When I come back again, Jesus made some pretty outra- outrageous claims when he was here on the earth. He said things like, you know, I am God. I'm the only way to heaven. I'm the, I'm the savior of the world. And, you know, a lot of people try to make out Jesus to be just a good teacher. But a good teacher would never say that if all he was was a good teacher. 
You know, I could go out and teach people in Summit County or whatever. I could teach all kind of good moral truths, and they said they'd probably say Brian's a good teacher. But if I started calling myself God, you wouldn't think I'm a good teacher anymore, right? You'd think I'm crazy. Jesus was either who he said he was, or he was the biggest liar who ever lived, or he was a lunatic. He said, I am God. He made some claims. And he said, what I'm going to do will validate who I say I am. One day Jesus cleared the money changers out of the temple, and they had turned the temple into this kind of uh, flea market, and it really got him angry. And uh, he went in and he drove all the money changers out, and they said, what right do you have to do this? And he said, because I'm God. And they said, prove it. Just like, of course, we'd probably say the same thing today. And he said, I will. After you kill me, I'm going to come back to life in three days. He claimed to be God, and His resurrection backs up what He claimed to be. John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can get to the Father except by means of Me. That's a pretty strong claim. He said, I am the way. He didn't say, I am one way. I'm a, I'm a good way. I'm one of many ways. No, He says, I am the truth. That means that any other way is not the truth if he's right. He claimed to be God. He says, no one can get to the Father except by me. You know, even those who don't believe that Jesus Christ is what he said he was, still, they still kind of use him as a reference point, in a lot of ways as the ultimate reference point for history, because he's the Lord of history. Every time you write a check, every time you date a contract, every time you put down an appointment, you know, in your smartphone or whatever, what's the reference point? Yeah, 2011. 2011 years from what? How could it be that 2,011 years later we'd still be remembering his birth? Unbelievable. And that he'd you know, still be causing traffic jams and a whole lot of other things. It means Jesus came to the earth in history. God came to the earth in the form of man so that we could know what God is like. And his name was Jesus Christ. What does the resurrection mean? One, it means Jesus was who he claimed to be. Two, it means Jesus has the power he claimed to have. He said, all power in earth and in heaven are given to me because he was God. He could do everything God could do. In John 10:18, uh, he says, nobody takes my life from me. I have the power to lay it down and the power to raise it up again. Were these just words? No. No force could keep him in the tomb. The Romans killed him. They put him in a tomb. They put this big, huge, humongous stone, probably weighed about a ton, in front of the tomb, and then they sealed it with the Roman seal, and they, they posted a 24-hour guard there. They were only trying to prevent the inevitable. He, he had all the power in the world. He said, they can't stop me. I can give my life away, and I can take it up again. By the way, that's where you get the phrase, you can't keep a good man down. <laughs> that's just a joke. It might have come from that. You never know where these phrases come from. What does the resurrection mean? It means that Jesus uh, also does what He promises to do. 
He does what He promises to do. In Mark 10.34, He said, They will mock and flog and kill Me, but after three days I will come back to life. And when the disciples got to the tomb, the angel said, I know you're looking for Jesus who was crucified. He's come back to life again. And then He says, just as He said He would. Just as He said He would. He did what He promised. When God makes a promise, you can bank on it. You can count on it. That's what the resurrection means. Because Jesus did rise. He is who He said He was. He has the power that He said He had. And He kept the promises He said He would. That's what it means. Second question, does it matter? Why does it matter? What difference does it make? We're talking about news you can use here, hopefully anyway. So what if Jesus is who He said He was? What does it mean in 2011 in Summit County, Colorado, USA? What does it matter? It matters overall because His crucifixion was just the end of the beginning. It was not the end. You put a comma after it, not a period. And He promises to bring the resurrection power, that same power, into your life. If you believe that God raised Him from the dead and receive Him, His Spirit, His power, into your life. So that in His power, no matter what you go through, it'll just be the end of the beginning in your life too. It means your past can be forgiven. Your past can be just the end of the beginning of a whole new life. And that's good news. That's news I can use. Have you ever been, you know, halfway through a project and you wish you could just start over? Get bogged down for some reason, like painting a house or whatever? A lot of times I think people feel that way about life. Maybe some of you do today. They get halfway through life and they just wish they could start over. We all have things we wish we hadn't done and you know, things we wish we hadn't said and thought things we wish we hadn't thought. We all have regrets. We all feel bad about things. We all have guilt. So many people can't get on with the present and the future because they're stuck in the past. Some guilt or regret or something has just tied them down. Sometimes it's a former relationship and they're letting it mess up a current relationship. That's not too smart. They say, I guess I'll just have to live with this the rest of my life. And they're running around with this baggage, this emotional garbage that they hate, trying to live life and wondering why they're not happy. Colossians 3.14 is good news. He has forgiven all our sins and canceled every record of the debt we owed. Christ has done away with it by nailing it to the cross. You might call this God's, God's pardon program. He says, he's, he's saying here that He nailed it all to the cross. Jesus paid for my guilt. That means that I don't have to pay for it. He was, you know, he was hung for my hang-ups. Jesus Christ was nailed to the cross so I can quit nailing myself to the cross. He, he wants to forgive your past. He says he wants to cancel every record of all the debts you owe. Emotional debts, relational debts, sins, canceled. 
That's good news. That's news I can use. Jesus Christ did not come to rub it in. No, He came to to rub it out. He said, I didn't come to condemn the world. I came to save it. He wants to change you, to help you, to give you a new beginning at the end of whatever it is is in your past. A clear conscience. Why does the resurrection matter? It means my past can be forgiven. But it also means that my present problems, my present problems can be managed. He can make them the end of the beginning. You know, much of life... And the older you get, the more you realize this is true. Much of life is unmanageable, right? Especially if you're a parent. (laughs) I was reading this week about Charlie Shedd. He's he's an author that wrote about this. He tells us a kind of a story on himself. He said, before we had kids, I used to travel across the country teaching a lecture I called the Ten Commandments for Raising Perfect Kids. And uh, after he and Martha had their first child, he changed it to Ten Hints for Parents. Right? (laughs) After their second child, he relabeled the lecture, A Few Tentative Suggestions for a Few Strugglers. And then he said after the arrival of the third child, he gave up speaking on the topic altogether. (laughs) How many of you can relate? I can. Maturity is when you figure out that you can't have it all figured out. Right? Maturity is when you realize you can't manage everything that life is going to send your way. But God can. And that is good news. I can't control everything in my life, but God can. So I want to hook up with Him and let Him control it and to ask Him for help. What you need is a power greater than yourself. You you were never meant to live this life just on your own power. God wants to have a relationship with you. Ephesians 1.20, how incredibly great is His power to help those who believe in Him. The same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead. The same power that enabled Jesus to rise from the dead will help you rise above your problems. That's the promise. The same power that God used at the resurrection time 2,000 years ago can be used in your life right now because He really was raised and His Spirit is really there to be given to us. Your life may be out of your control, but it's not out of God's control. He can give me the power and the perspective to face it. Ephesians 4.13 I am ready for anything through the strength of Christ who lives in me through His resurrected Spirit. I want to help out, God says, no matter how hopeless your situation is. And I can now, because He died and rose again. I can now. Some of you, you know, came crawling in here today. I could see it in your face. You've had a tough week. Well, God wants to say to you, don't give up. No problem is too big for me. No situation is hopeless if you just turn it over to me. I am ready for anything through the power of positive thinking. No, it doesn't say that. I am ready for anything because I can get myself psyched up. No, I am ready for anything through the strength of Christ who lives in me. That's real because he was really raised. Why does the resurrection matter? Because my past can be forgiven. 
My present can now be managed. And then finally, my future can be secure. My future can be secure. Even death can be just the end of the beginning for you now too. One of the universal problems we've all got is death. Everybody dies. I'm going to die someday, and so are you. And only a fool would go through all a life unprepared for something like that that he knows is inevitable. But it's so horrible sometimes that we just deny it. There's a great book called The Denial of Death, won the Pulitzer Prize about 20 years ago. It doesn't make sense to deny it, to not be ready. Sometimes we get so busy in the here and now that we don't stop to think about what's coming. People don't like to talk about death. Just try, you know, just try inviting your friends over sometime and serve, serve them up some coffee and pie and say, okay, now let's talk about death, right? See what happens. But it's inevitable, so let's talk about it. Let's lay it on the line. They asked some children. Children can lay it on the line in some funny ways to write sentences about what they believed about death. Gilda, she was eight years old, said, when you die, they put you in a box and bury you in the ground because you don't look too good. <laughs> Stephanie, age nine, says, doctors help you so you won't die until you pay their bill. Marcia, age nine, said, when you die, you don't have to do homework in heaven unless your teacher is there too. Finally, Raymond, age 10, said, A good doctor can help you so you won't die. A bad doctor sends you to heaven. The fact is, everybody has this deep, ingrained longing to know what's going to happen. What's going to happen after I die? It's obviously we're going to spend some time on that side of eternity. We're going to spend a little bit more on that side than on this side. Here we spend only 60, 70, you know, 80 years, whatever. But that's just like the first inch of the yardstick. Right? And then what's going to happen? Well, Jesus, who can be trusted, said it'll be heaven for those who believe and receive him. And there are two ways the Bible says you can get to heaven. Plan A is to earn it. You might call that the performance plan. To earn it, you only have to never sin and always, always do what's right for your entire life. Always make the right decision. Always say the right thing. Never the wrong thing. Be perfect. It would be like, you know, as if they changed the rules of the Baseball Hall of Fame and said in order to get in, you had to bat a thousand and play error-free ball your whole life. Even the best don't get, you know, what... 300, a little more? Well, since none of us qualify for plan A, uh, God came up with plan B. Plan B is to trust Jesus Christ, who said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but through me. It means you establish a relationship with him. He was the only perfect person who ever lived because he was God and is God. And so he came so that we could know what God is like. And by trusting and, establish, and establishing a relationship with him, you get into heaven on his goodness. Because we don't have it in ourselves. And when you get to heaven, you'll say, God, I couldn't get there on my own effort. The only way I can get into heaven is I'm a friend of Jesus Christ who paid for my sins. John 17, 3. This is the way to have eternal life. By knowing the only true God and Jesus Christ, 
the one he sent to the earth to take us to heaven. The Bible says that Jesus has already paved the way for you to go to heaven. And I don't know about you, but I think that's news that we can use. What does the resurrection mean? It means Jesus was who he claimed to be. It means he has the power he claimed to have. It means he does what he promises to do. And because of all that, it means the crucifixion was just the end of the beginning. Why does the resurrection matter? In his power, whatever you go through, past, present, or future, it can be just the end of the beginning for you too. I'd like you to look up at the screen and listen now. We'll be taken from the, uh, the crucifixion to the resurrection. The women that you'll be hearing at first are singing in Latin. They're singing in Latin what we call Mary's Magnificat, where she said, My soul magnifies the Lord, when she found out that she was going to be the mother of the Savior, of the Messiah, of Jesus. So when we look at the resurrection, we can sing what they're singing. We too can say, my soul, when we look at that crucifixion, my soul magnifies the Lord because it was just the end of the beginning for Him who can make a new beginning out of our every end. Hey! 
And it's as though He jumped right out of that screen by His Spirit and flooded this room. And He's in many of your hearts. And if He's not, that's where He wants to be. If you'd like Him to come in and make a beginning out of your every dead end, we would love to talk more about it. So just come on up afterwards. And with the benediction, if you'd all stand. This is what can be true of us with Him as our Savior. Now go into the world in peace. Have courage. Hold on to what is good. Honor all men. Strengthen the faint-hearted. Support the weak. Help the suffering. And share this gospel. Love and serve the Lord in the power of the Holy Spirit. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. And amen. Three words. He is risen. Say it like you mean it. He is risen indeed. Happy Easter. Thanks for coming.